Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Over 300 pages of esoteric doctrine exposed. Ancient wisdom from the mystery schools. Embedded into your favorite music, films, and TV shows. Symbolism hidden in plain sight. Get your copy of The Dark Path on Amazon. The narrated audiobook is now available on Audible. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture. I'm your host, Isaac Wiseup. Today we're calling the boys, running a train. The train got derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, and we're here to talk about it today. That's right. Today's show is going to be a very special episode. First, we're going to talk about this incident, if you haven't heard about it, because the mainstream media seems to be a little quiet about it. We're going to talk about these toxic chemicals unleashed in Ohio, the arrest of a journalist... Then we're going to bring in a very special guest. He's the returning champ. I had him on just a couple months ago, but he's back. And his name is Nick Hinton. You know him, you love him. And he's going to join us to talk about predictive programming in films. And the global occult connection. We're going to talk about why this matters on a higher cosmological, spiritual level. And... And we get into all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about this mix of what's happening in the world right now because it's crazy. We got UFOs crashing. Uh, no, no, we got UFOs getting uh, blasted from the skies. We got movies showing us predictive programming of train crashes. And he and I, we're going we're gonna to chop it up. We're going to talk predictive programming from films such as White Noise, which he's got some crazy information about that because you're not going to believe you know, plot spoiler, but when, when Nick gets on, he's going to tell us about how this film, White Noise, on Netflix, was actually filmed in East Palestine, Ohio, with people from the town. So they already experienced it in the movie, now they're living it out. And we'll talk about how that fits into the UFO uh, agenda. We'll talk about Super 8, we'll talk about Jordan Peele's films, Us, and Nope, and this, and, and you know, this kind of discussion leads into... The Digital Matrix, which is what he's going to tell, talk to us about. The actual real one they're building. And then at the end of the conversation, you know, I, I like to play devil's advocate. I'm not just a blind truther. Sometimes I question the truther perspective. 
And we take a look at maybe, just maybe, us truthers are assisting in these occult psychopaths creating this digital matrix and shoving us all in it like a, like a bunch of sheep. Are we participating in revelation of the method? And if we are, should we? We're going to talk about it. So without, and you know, things are nuts, right? A testament to how nuts things are, I had planned, I have been researching and reading and compiling notes on the Wizard of Oz. I got three episodes, it's a mega deep dive on Wizard of Oz. Of course, I wanted to drop it as part one, two, and three, week to week to week. But as you can tell, that's not happening right now. We've got devil worshiping at the Grammys and Rihanna illuminate confirming at the Super Bowl. And we're going to, and look, we're going to come back to the Super Bowl because I got a, I also got a big mega TMZ show we're going to do. We're going to talk about how the, the video cameras at the Super Bowl on the TV cut away precisely at the only moment in which Rihanna threw up the triangle of manifestation. If you saw it on my Instagram, I posted it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They knew what they were doing. But anyway, part three of Wizard of Oz is going to be out next week, barring any other insano things that could possibly happen. Knock on wood. Uh, I promise you it's happening. (laughs) Oh, man. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. What happened in Ohio? You know, a lot of people hate Ohio. I love Ohio. I think it's a great place. I went up to uh, me and some friends and... And uh, my uh, my wife went there years ago to Sandusky and Columbus. Great little town. I got kicked out of a bar because I'm so cool. I was I was dancing on top of a table like I was a chicken coyote ugly, and I thought it was adorable. And they did not. All right, because that was back when Four Locos had the lethal combination of alcohol and caffeine. All right. <laughs> anyway, okay. Moving on. I'm now a Christian soldier though. I don't drink like that. <laughs> I don't drink like that. Not that you have to be a Christian soldier to not drink four loco. I still drink them. Now, this train derails in East Palestine, Ohio, which let's talk about how bizarre the the naming of this like for instance, a month ago we talked about the serial killer up in Moscow. Oh uh Idaho. Moscow, Idaho. Who even knew these towns existed? And now it's Palestine, Ohio. Bizarre. Bizarre. And Nick's going to talk a little bit about the Palestinian connection there when we get him in here. But anyways, this train crashes, as you probably already know, unleashes toxic chemicals. The main culprit that they always talk about is the vinyl chloride. What is that? It's what they use to make a bunch of plastic tchotchkes, which is the, the bane of my existence. I hate this. I hate it so much. If you listen to, this is where I get OG Granola Wokester on you, right? You're going to get super OG Granola Woke today, my friends. If you listen to my other show I do called Breaking Social Norms with, with my wife, Josie, we did, I believe it was a Christmas episode. I don't remember. We talked about how stockings are such a waste because you fill it with all this plastic candy crap. Like M&M's makes this candy cane. There's like five M&M minis in it. And it's like, cool that's gonna just be here forever it's never gonna biodegrade i hope that was worth it for nothing nobody cares go back to shoving an orange in the sock in the stocking 
hit these spoiled brats over the head with it. I don't know. No, don't do that. Sorry, it's, you're on. Look, I'm still on ultra high T Isaac mode. I don't know if you know that. The last couple episodes, I've been very aggressive. Anyway, Von, so I don't know if there's anything dumber that could happen to this country, but yes, the the cramp they used to make, and I'm just using this as an example. I have no idea what the actual destination was for this this chemical, but it was probably on its way to the M and M factory for. Christmas tchotchkes. And now a bunch of animals have to die and people can't drink the water. And people probably got cancer now. Anyway, some people are calling it the Ohio Chernobyl. Are they being excessive? Are they being extra? I don't know. I don't know. But on February 3rd, this happened. Which, as of this recording, which is on February 16th, that's damn two weeks ago. And the officials in the town did an evacuation order for everyone within one or two miles of it. Then the company that owned the train, uh, Norfolk Southern, on February 6th, they did this controlled burn to release the vinyl chloride into the air because I guess there were some worries that it was going to explode, which would would have been even worse. So now, (laughs) and you can see photos of this plume of black smoke going up and up in the skies, a massive black cloud. And now we they got a bunch of acid rain and the air quality is garbage. People's throats are screwed up and animals and chickens are dying up to 100 miles away. 100 miles away. Animals are dying. Thousands of fish dead. But the officials in Ohio assert there's no proof there's no causality that this is from this insane toxic chemical blowing up okay it's uh it's gaslighting at its finest i think i believe if you ever seen the aaron brockovich movie this is kind of what it's about it's about these company i mean look and, I, and i'm gonna get on my soapbox after nick joins us and 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 Nick does not endorse any of my opinions on this show. I don't know what he believes <laughs> on this type of matters. Uh, so he he is not endorsing any of Isaac's opinions today. All right. Now, a journal. And this is where I first heard of this on February 4th or 5th or something like that. I, I saw a TikTok of a journalist getting arrested. And Josie, you know, she sends me TikToks and she's like, is this real? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I never heard of it. What happened? A train wrecked? I don't know. And I looked and I watched the video. It sure looks like they're just arresting this journalist guy. And if you look it up, Newsweek says it's a misleading video. Really? Okay. Uh, I'm going to read you from Newsweek. It says, the claim that he was arrested for reporting the truth, viewed on its own, is misleading. While Lambert was removed from the venue and arrested, the clip shared by Green, viewed alone, does not provide all the facts. Oh, tell me more. As noted by News Nation, Lambert was in a room full of other journalists doing their job, so there is little likelihood that police or officials were trying to prevent the truth from being reported. They're claiming that there was a lot of journalists reporting on this, but I'm here to tell you folks, this train thing was not a hot topic on the news. Regardless of one's views of the incident, the footage shared by Green 
editorializes the facts. Fitted in among other claims about underreporting of the Ohio derailment story, it may create the impression of a more conspiratorial plot. News Nation has defended its reporter with its Washington Bureau Chief Mike Vicaria telling the channel's on-balance host Leland Vittert on Wednesday that Lambert behaved professionally while being manhandled. He added that Lambert was taking very, talking very quietly to the camera and reporting on a very critical story of interest to the public. All right. So the, this journalist gets arrested, and the claim is that he was, like, trespassing or doing some stuff he, he shouldn't have done. Do you believe that? Listen up. We've seen so many people making ridiculous money from crypto, but did you know it's easy for you to do the same? If you followed my show, you know that we've talked about the cryptocurrencies going all the way back to 2017. Very fascinating subject. But there's a way you can get into all this with the easiest way possible. It's the Copy My Crypto membership site that shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do what he does. I'm also a member of this, and... I've combed through some of the videos. He's got some how-to videos showing you where to get the coins, how to make it happen. It's all there for you. So let me tell you about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, we all know YouTube loves the censorship. It's hit 26,000 subscribers, which is a big to-do, right? Since March 2020, he told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. And had you put 100 bucks into each one, it went on to become worth more than $123,000. So of the 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, went up 692x from when he said. That one call has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. But remember, this is all public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify this for yourself. So if you'd like to join the 2,800 members and your boy Isaac, who copied James, then stop what you're doing head over to copymycrypto.com slash Isaac. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, right? Two A's for double awesome. A lot of people misspell that. They throw two S's in there. No, it's two A's for double awesome. You got it. So copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac. You'll not only find proof of everything I've said, but my listeners get full access for just one Dollar. Once again, it's copymycrypto.com forward slash Isaac. Link in the show notes as always. If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries, true crime. And once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame, you got me. I'm all yours. So let me tell you about this game called June's Journey. We're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance as you immerse yourself into the world of June's Journey, a hidden object mystery mobile game. It puts your detective skills to the test. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I, I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, i got to harness my puzzle, my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And, and I, I learned what a pavilion, <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It's, it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that. So I'm learning, all right? 
in each level you search for hidden objects in new york parlors or or uh, paris sidewalks trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how june's sister died it's got some mystery it's got some danger it's got some romance I got the game on my phone right now, and I'm on chapter three, and I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo because we're gonna we're gonna figure out who did this, and you're gonna love it. They play real like mad chill music, so it's kind of relaxing too. You get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such. So look, if you're into detective work, solving clues, finding clues, scandalous family secrets. Uh, you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever. This is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or do you think there's a scramble to cover up Chernobyl? Just like you saw if you, if you, and look, I didn't read no books about Chernobyl, but I did watch a whole show on HBO and this is exactly what happens, man. You get scientists and politicians and corporations and you get all these financial motives enmeshed with things and power-hungry people and bad things happen. They want to cover things up. They want to downplay events. Then later when it gets out and people find out how horrific things are, then it's like the blame game of, well, it wasn't me, you know, and that's what's probably going to happen here. Then uh, yesterday... I'm going to read you from Newsweek. Speaking to a local news channel, WKBN, Sil Caggiano is a former fire department battalion chief in Youngstown, Ohio, and hazmat technician for 21 years. And he said, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. I was surprised when they quickly told the people they can go back home but then said if they feel like they want their homes tested, they can have them tested. I would have far rather they did all the testing. And the idea here is that between the government on different levels and the train corporation, they're rushing people back into their homes and saying, hey, everything's fine, it's good, get back in there, because they're trying to minimize the damage and collateral damage that's going to happen from this. And I read that they treated the the chemical with some other chemical. I'm going to talk to you about it at, later on. Um, some people are talking about like chemtrails. They were using chemtrail clouds to sort of do this stuff in. I mean, these people are living in a, a chemical warfare zone, basically. And uh, anyway, let's talk about the predictive program. I'm going to set you up for a longer conversation I had with Nick. All right. And he goes into more detail on all these things. The predictive programming is odd. 
All right, and I'll have a rational sort of reason for that after Nick. Uh, you know, you have this net Netflix film White Noise. I tried, I tried so hard to watch this. I really wanted to. I liked the trailer a lot. I think Adam Driver is a pretty interesting actor, and I hated it so much. It it reminded me of a Wes Anderson film, and then I I I researched it just for this show that I'm doing right now. And found out that the director, Noah Baumbach, actually collaborates with Wes Anderson. So there you go. It, it's like a Wes Anderson movie. It's pretentious. And I don't know. Just not my cup of tea, right? I know some people love Wes Anderson movies. That is not me. And look, I love David Bowie. And I love uh, Bill Murray. I still can't take it. I can't do it. Then, um, let's see here. But yeah, in that in the movie White Noise, this happens. A train accident in Ohio happens and unleashes deadly toxins and forces evacuations, just like in uh, real life. Some other <laughs> toxic uh, toxic Avenger, remember that? There's a janitor who <laughs> turns into a monster after being uh, exposed to toxins. Return of the Living Dead in the 80s was about this toxic gas getting released and turning people into zombies. I believe Resident Evil is on par with these kinds of things. And uh, Super 8, of course, which I believe is Spielberg, is it not? Uh, and shout out to Nick. He's the one who, who hit me up about this, and that's what started our conversation. I said, man, why don't you just get on the show and explain it to me? Explain it to me like I'm five. But I actually forgot about this movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. And I'm going to read you the plot. It's about a group of young teenagers in 1979 who are filming their own Super 8 movie when a train derails, releasing a dangerous presence into their town. The film was shot in West Virginia and surrounding areas, portraying the fictional town of Lillian, Ohio. Man, these, these Illuminate confirms hate Ohio so hard. <laughs> so... Uh, they couldn't even change the fictional location. They're like, nah, it's going to be Ohio. So there you go. Ohio's destined to have train wrecks and aliens, I guess. And isn't that where they took the Roswell crash stuff? They took it to Wright-Patterson in Ohio? Something going on there. If you read Peter Lavenda's Sinister Forces books, he talks about different areas around there, West Virginia, Kentucky, and uh, I think Ohio is included in there, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I read it as being uh, sinister places. Places that the Native Americans and other folks thought there was, I don't know, vortexes, portals, what have you. Uh, But in the film, Super 8, it says, the film and tape recorder revealed that in 1958, the Air Force captured an alien when it had crash-landed. They experimented on the alien while withholding its spacecraft composed of strange white cubes, which allowed the craft to shapeshift. The alien had established a psychic connection with Woodward, convincing him to help it escape Earth, but Nellick sabotaged, discredited it, and discharged Woodward. Um, I do remember that, because I covered this film on my blog back when I watched it. I couldn't find the posting. I must have deleted it. But I believe that the white cubes were shaped into a larger white cube which is interesting because tracy twyman talked about how the end of the world happens when a white cube and a black cube meet on a vertical axis right 
the dual polarities meet up. And this is kind of similar to what we're going to talk about in Wizard of Oz Part 3 with the, you know, the good the good witches being on the, the north-south vertical axis as opposed to the evil witches being on the east-west axis, the horizontal axis. Because the material world is considered evil to these folks. And ascension and descension of consciousness is the good part. We're going to talk about it in Wizard of Oz Part 3. But for now, let's switch gears. Let's bring out the man, the myth, the legend, Nick Hinton. Take a listen. All right. We are humbled to have the great Nick Hinton returning to the show, returning to provide some interesting insight into what's going on in the world today, a little mix of UFOs with the uh, the train wreck. <laughs> the train wreck. Yeah. And, uh, and so on. Uh, Nick, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you were you were a big hit on the last one, and uh, we definitely crossed similar research paths. So I wanted to get your take, because uh, you always have these hot, interesting takes. Um, I'm not sure where you want to start, but when we were talking about this stuff offline, we were talking about the toxic spills, and you know, there's this movie, Super 8. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but someone sent it to me. And, um, yeah, it just seems to be very synchronistically tied with the events that are going on right now. Yeah. That, that movie and, uh, white noise. So white noise is basically about a train crash in East Palestine, Ohio, that causes a chemical spill and explosion and all these things. People are put in quarantine camps, uh, forced to leave home. Um, and one of the interesting things about that movie is one of the themes in it is simulacrum, which are, it's basically a more fancy philosophical version of simulation theory. Um, that's the best way I've learned to explain it. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. So someone sent me this movie, white noise and another person sent me this movie, um, super eight, super eight's kind of about the same thing. Um, it's about a train crash in Ohio. Um, chemical spill explosion, but an alien escapes from this train. And um, interestingly enough, in white noise, there's also UFO references, but not like super obviously. It's like there's um, a song in there where it sings about UFOs and the government knowing more than they're telling people and just some weird stuff. Um, Have you seen the movie um, White Noise? I haven't haven't seen any of these movies. (laughs) I was just reading the plot synopsis. I tried to watch White Noise because I actually saw the trailer when they first debuted it. I thought it looked interesting, and I made it about a half hour and just gave up because it's it's uh, kind of like the Wes Anderson movies, which some people love them. It's just not for me. My best friend loves Wes Anderson. I think it's pretentious crap, <laughs> but uh, that I, I just couldn't I couldn't do it. And then now we got this train thing, so I'm like, okay, let me I'm gonna have to give it a second shot. But um, yeah, I, it, it's it is interesting how it has this toxic train spill and it, it initiates a sequence of events and so on. Um, yeah. And so the interesting thing, you know, like I said, it's about, there's this theme in there of like simulacrum and simulation. Um, oh, that's, in the, that's in the movie white noise. That's in white noise. So oh, sorry, okay. we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have talked about both <laughs> movies at the same time, but yeah. in white noise. Um, yeah. There's like this barn that plays an important role and it's like the most photographed barn in the world or something like that. And so everyone wants to go to this barn and this deals with the theory of simulation. Like this is like the original book 
white noise was a kind of like a postmodern work. And so it dealt with a lot of these themes and the barn, because it is the most um, photographed barn in the world, it becomes like something more than it actually is. It becomes like the steam park almost like there's this aura of mystery around it and there's all these signs leading up to it. And, you know, to imagine what a simulacrum is like, kind of imagine like Disney world or something like that, where it's like this fake world that's kind of based on unreality to begin with. Like there's all these fake representations of Mickey Mouse and Magic Mountain and stuff like that. Like those are representations, but they don't represent anything real, right? And so some philosophers have compared all of society to a simulacrum or a spectacle, um, postmodern philosophers. But anyways, this idea is super interesting to me because the film was shot in East Palestine, Ohio. It's about East Palestine, Ohio. And there's a CNN article floating around right now that's like, oh, these locals are now living inside of a movie they helped create. So, <laughs> so yeah, literally, I, it's like these layers of inception and, you know, it's a, it's a fiction. It's a true fiction. It's a hyper reality. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this, they're living in the simulacrum that they made a movie about. Yeah, it's in, it's just so the Jordan Peele film Nope about UFOs. I'm not going to spoil the plot or nothing, but that seemed to me when I watched it because I've been I've been looking at the UFO phenomenon from this angle of film entertainment, predictive programming and you know similar stuff to what what you're always researching and talking about. It's the powers of the mind and how the powers that be through MK Ultra and so on have tried to find a way of through occult practices, I believe, to well, yeah, cross this bridge. Yeah, through chaos magic, cross Breaking this bridge the fourth of wall. hermetic axiom type stuff, right? And mm-hmm. uh, in Nope, I think Jordan Peele was trying to present this idea of through focused um, thought patterns, basically, they can manifest whatever they want. They can create their own reality. And that's interesting that East Palestine, where the train wreck happened, you said it was filmed either there or, or with some some uh, supporting actors from there. Or it was like literally that? filmed in the same place that the movie takes place. Oh, that's and the, bizarre. And the, yeah, and the locals were used as backdrop actors. That's bizarre. Yeah. And so this idea of like simulacrum or, you know, simulations and mirror worlds and inception, things like that reminded me of the sentient world simulation which is a quantum mirror model of the world that the DOD um, is working on with the, with uh, Purdue university. Um, and they're also trying to create like 7 billion digital doppelgangers of everyone on this planet. Like, like everyone has their own virtual voodoo doll or, you know, avatar basically that is created using all the data that we are mining on a daily basis through the internet of things and like your preferences, your likes on Instagram, all these things that we've downloaded for free, right? Google maps, whatever. That's fascinating because I remember reading about this sentient, I think it was in 2020. I was, is it, is that, I don't know how old this is. Right. But I, I recall maybe reading about this in 2020, this idea. Yeah. So the 2021 was when the world economic forum actually like um, started talking about it. Okay. And made it not so secret, but um, it's been around since like 2008 or 2009. Interesting. Okay, so so I got something to, to bounce off you here. Have you seen Jordan Peele's? Uh, what's the other film? He he did he did three film three big films. Get Out. Um, I guess Get Out would fit into it too. No, but Us, the other one with the doppelgangers. I haven't seen it. Okay, so that plot line 
is basically an as above, so below sort of thing where underground they have people, these doppelgangers living more or less parallel lives or, or something to that effect. It's been a while since I've seen it. So that sounds very eerily similar to the sentient world simulation where maybe they're trying to do a, a, a so below kind of version of reality. And then simultaneously, just today I was reading, uh, I live in Utah, right? So the, the local news here, uh, the, the politicians are trying to pass legislation that would require anyone who uses social media to have some kind of identity verification. Oh yeah. The digital ID. And that would fit into this because that, and that was what I was complaining to my wife about. I said, this is BS because you know, this is, and it's, it's the same BS I call out on when they required the ID check in for Pornhub in Kentucky or wherever they did that. It's, it's them profiling and and sort of refining this data set to, you know, more or less try to uh, create this maybe uh, sentient world simulation version of us. So these these more accurate avatars that, to me, I, this digital matrix thing is definitely one of the end games. Uh, do, now, do you think that do you think that there's a something related to white noise, the sentient world simulation, yeah, the train wrecks going on. <clears throat> Yeah, so my mind was brought to the sentient world simulation because, you know, the white noise movie had the theme of simulacrum in it, you know, hints about UFOs. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of synchronistically tied to Super 8 because, again, it's about this train derailment, chemical explosion in Ohio. Alien escapes from the train. It, You know, it's interesting you brought up, uh, did you say Us was the one about the parallel lives underground? Yes. Yeah, so this alien escapes the train. And sorry, this is kind of a spoiler. I'm not going to give too, too much away, but it's more about the symbolism this alien escapes underground into this tunnel system and um it steals all of these electronic devices from the town and it starts kidnapping people as well and so when they go underground they see all these people in cocoons hanging from the cave and it's also creating this like ai hive mind thing with all the electronics that it's stolen the, the, are you talking about the film super eight yes yes this oh, is super wow. eight now. yeah i actually watched that in the theaters when it came out but this was you know, early stage red pill, Isaac. So, I mean, this is probably, I think it came out like 2011 or 2012 or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty old, Fascinating. but um, yeah. So that also, you know, that imagery reminded me of the AI hive mind because what people think that the sentient world simulation is trying to do is actually quantumly entangle the avatar with the real person kind of link you up with the digital doppelganger. So it's kind of like the invasion of the body snatchers, right? Where people won't be, actual clones are actually replaced with a new person but their minds will be replaced with the mind of the ai controlled consciousness within the simulation there's technology now um that we're aware of where they can deliver paramagnetic nanoparticles through mrna vaccines that can control neurons through magnetic fields um being emitted from even cell phone towers um and th these this is all documented this is all real there's um, lots of ways they can do this actually through blue light even they can stimulate neuronal control and so like i said the theory is that what they're trying to do is literally create an ai hive mind by merging people with their avatar within the sentient world simulation have you seen the ray kurzweil nanobots that they're talking about putting into people's bodies to yeah yeah to okay. create an augmented reality yeah beaming radio waves at neurons you, is is that kind of similar to the idea that you're you're talking about here with the mRNA stuff? 
Yeah, yeah. So these okay. nanoparticles, there's a whole bunch of different ways they figured out how to do this. Like, yeah, so Ray Kurzweil was talking about um, people just breathing them, breathing them in in the air because, you know, it's in supposedly it's in chemtrails. Um, that's kind of a conspiracy. But what we do know for a fact is that scientists are saying, hey, we created smart dust, which is like these super tiny supercomputers that emit radio waves. So, I mean, it's kind of like the groundwork for something like Skynet. Um, but also it's a transhumanist technology. Like they're, you know, this is the kingdom of iron and clay that the Bible talks about, right? At the end of time where um, it's an unstable kingdom because iron and clay do not mix correctly. But a lot of, you know, end time scholars say that this is representative of a transhumanist society, which is interesting because in white noise, after everyone's quarantined, they're relocated to a city called Iron City. And it's also interesting that this happened in East Palestine because Palestine is the Holy Land. Well, what is the Holy Land? It's the temple of God. The temple of God is the, bo is the body and people's bodies are being invaded right now, um, hmm. not only through toxins, oh, wow. but through this push for transhumanist technology. That, that's interesting. And, and even in the, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Mesopotamian uh, creation myth, they talk about transhumanistic ideas, too. So there's, there's something to that. You know, I can't help but think there's some kind of spiritual battle happening. And, and I thought I had a realization the other day um, about about this this idea, because I'm oftentimes when I read about the occult philosophies and ideas, sometimes I'm th I sit here and I think, man, I don't know that that's wrong necessarily. Like I, I kind of I kind of have this role of more or less exposing these occult teachings in entertainment or whatever. Uh, and, and I've got a background as, as an Orthodox Christian, so there, I've got a bias there, right? But sometimes when I read these occult practices, I think, man, I don't think it's all that much different than some of our Christian practices. And I also don't think some of this is necessarily evil or wrong. So I had a thought about that hermetic axiom as above, so below, which you know basically says things out there in the cosmos and the macro kind of reflect, mirror, and uh, resonate with things down here in the micro, meaning... Uh, and you already know the stuff I'm telling for the audience, but the idea that I, as an, uh, if I'm an occultist magician, I can sort of focus my energies to have the universe rearrange itself and provide a path towards what I want to happen is kind of the idea. And I think using that same logic, we could argue that we are in fact having a spiritual battle on some level. When, you think about the concept on the micro of a person. I think I have some good and some evil in me. I could, I could easily do either thing depending on my mood or my influence or whatever. And I think that same concept, if you want to take it to as above, so below would go out to the cosmos, out to the, 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 the universe where there's a struggle there between good and evil. And I think we're seeing manifestations of it. Uh, you know, I don't want to get to end times, but, it sure seems like there's manifestations of a battle of, between good and evil and sort of letting humanity decide how they want to move forward with things. Yeah. A hundred percent. But part of me wonders if, um, you know, there's very obvious examples of how as above, so below like works in nature and stuff. But I sometimes think that maybe the occult um, worldview is kind of being forced on us and they're trying to actually create it and make it true th through their hyper reality simulacrums chaos magic things like that like this sentient world simulation this mirror world that literally is like the samsara that they believe in right and so they are kind of 
initiating us into the is Sam Star, is that like the Buddhist word for heaven or something like that? Uh, for... Yeah, that's like the dream-like realm, the wheel of reincarnation, okay. the, the illusion of reality. Okay. Oh, yeah, I've heard it uh, like Maya in uh, yeah, yeah, Buddhism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it seems like they're initiating us into that fake world. And uh, like a lot of these events, you know, even the train derailments and the UFOs, like it seems like mostly everyone you know, it doesn't take a genius to see that these things are suspect, right? It's almost as if they're being presented to us in such a way that they're obviously fake, obviously orchestrated, like they're real events, but they're, there's a layer of fakeness to it. Like there's that inception. And so if the sentient world simulation is up and running and it's studying us, it's almost as if we're kind of like rats in a maze being studied and playing this, you know, conspiracy themed alternate reality game. And to explain what an alternate reality game is, just real quick, it's kind of like, my favorite way of explaining it is imagine you're walking down the street and you find this poster, this strange poster on the ground. And it says like, are you having strange dreams? Or do you think you're special? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have some kind of destiny? Like this has actually happened before. But now imagine you call the number on this strange poster and some kind of, you know, crazy Easter egg hunt ensues, right? Except what you don't know is that the whole thing was an elaborate prank played on you by social scientists and some rich guys. So it was real to you but fake in a way, right? Interesting, okay. And so I think that's what's kind of happening right now through the metaverse, right? Like we're all living vicariously through these events that are presented in a way that's very obviously suspect in the internet. We're watching these events take place. We're going down the rabbit hole, being initiated into that lab, that psychological labyrinth, right? That is created through conspiracy theories. And we're all trying to uncover the truth of these things while at the same time, we are just mining data in that digital cave for our digital avatars, our digital doppelgangers, whatever. Does that are you, are, are you thinking that this is like you, a social experiment, in my opinion? Do <laughs> you think that as a cons <laughs> like if I if I were to put on my conspiracy theorist truther hat, you think that I'm sort of people like me or whatever are contributing to their plans in some way by talking about these things? You think? Um yeah, I think we all kind of are. And, huh. and it's not on purpose. Like we all have good intentions. Right. 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 But the fact that this is all becoming so mainstream is very suspect to me. And it seems almost like it's right out of the movie divergent or maze runner, right. Where they take like the smartest people and they put them through these tests and trials and, um, you know, to create their enlightened utopia, like the, the vision for Crowley's like, like his angle was not like this dystopian fascist, um, dark satanic world that was like an enlightened utopia ruled by ascended masters. Yes. And it feels like we're going through the deep dark labyrinth so we can find the light at the end of the tunnel, but that's by design in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've often wondered if we're participating in the revelation of the method where yeah, yeah. They, they, they know that the authority figures can't come out and say, hey, here's what you should believe. It's maybe that they're sprinkling these ideas into entertainment and having people like me be like hey look at this you know <laughs> yeah um, so what happens when you decrypt something you activate the code we are almost becoming agents of revelation itself right like we are the people that are kind of tearing down the veil in a way interesting okay like like maybe for years they've been pushing these messages and these symbols and these ideas but now with the internet and the different i don't know information age we can now we're actually more or less participating by explaining 
how all of these systems work and they could be using this to somehow fuel their uh like you said you know all those occultists crowley and francis bacon and all these folks they all wrote about this fantasy world that they wanted to create of you know the technocratic society or or science and like you said the ascended masters and things Mm -hmm. uh so i do think there's some there's something to that i i don't know how to sort of move forward with that i don't know that it (laughs) necessarily changes anything for me but have you read uh talon by jorge luis borges no so it's literally about a group of writers um within the illuminati and at first they are like, hey, you know, they're all having a meeting and they're like, hey, we should create our own country. And eventually they're like, no, nah, that's too humble. Like we should create our own universe. And so the way they create their own universe is by writing the series of encyclopedias with totally fake histories, but they present them as real to people. And then that imaginary reality begins to leak into the real world and overtake it slowly, kind of like a virus, right? Oh, that's like, interesting. Yeah. Isn't that, the, it, is, isn't that the guy who did uh, Morning of the Magicians that the uh, ancient alien theory was based on? You ever heard of I, that? I'm not sure. No, I, I haven't heard but, of that. I know he did Library of Babel. What's the uh, what's the guy's name again? I'll, I'll type it up while you're look, while you're talking. Jorge Luis Borges. Oh, maybe that's a different name. Anyway, okay. But yeah, so like back so just to finish my thought on like the whole decrypting thing, decrypting thing and like activating the code, activating revelation, it's like um it just reminds me of like the the seeker in many movies who goes looking for some lost hidden treasure and then accidentally opens a sarcophagus and releases a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Like that seems to we're kind of opening we're being prodded into opening Pandora's box in a sense. Oh wow, man! Okay. <laughs> That's All right. Yeah, you you mentioned on our on our text messages something about uh Babylon working, like you know the the ritual yeah, so, Jack Parsons did. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of what's going on right now is kind of a version of that. Hmm. Um, the initiation into the into the mystery Babylon religion spoken of in Book of Revelation, um. Because, like I said, I think that what's going on right now, like the reason for um, these limited hangouts, these this dripped information, you know, the the powers that be exposing themselves. I think it's all being done on purpose. It's kind of being orchestrated. It's like um, it's like a controlled demolition, right, of the old system. So, like they're exposing their scapegoats, right? So they can sacrifice them and bring in the actual new world order, right? So they're showing us the World Economic Forum. They're showing us. Klaus Schwab dressed up like a supervillain because it's all meant to be obvious. They want there to be these Gnostic revolutionaries who are pissed off and want to take down the old system. So when the real thing comes, they'll think, oh, the good guys won, you know? Mm. And um, so like, in a sense, this is a Babylon working, like what's going on right now with the black cube cell phone, right? Like it's a, it's a direct portal into the World Wide web. Well, that was created at CERN, which many people on your show probably already know that's a portal into the abyss, whether that's literal or metaphorical, I don't know. But if we are literally going down the rabbit hole or going into the abyss every time we enter that psychological labyrinth of research and conspiracy theory, in these rituals of, of initiation, what happens at the very bottom of the abyss is that the, is that the adept unites with the divine feminine and becomes spiritually reborn. Well, the divine feminine is represented by, you know, Babylon and all these other goddesses, uh, such as Artemis. Artemis, um, 
you could kind of compare her to a goddess of cloning. She's covered in egg sacs, right? And so I wonder if by going into the abyss that we are actually being spiritually reborn um, in a false way because we are actually merging with our digital clone or feeding it in some way. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, and that's very much like the the Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, right? When Exactly, the, which the is based hero... off the Orphic mysteries. Wow, okay. That and that's what, a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's what conspiracy culture is. You go into the abyss, you kind of lose your mind a little bit, you come back with the mystery of the gods, and then when you come back up to the realm of the mortals, you reveal the mysteries of the gods. And um, at least in the myths, you know, Orpheus gets his head cut off. Well, what happened to JFK, the person who basically facilitated the term conspiracy theory, right? He talked about conspiracies, got his head blown off. And then he became a kind of white rabbit to follow into that realm, right? He became another gatekeeper. It, you know, so like the, the whole point of like seeking the mystery um, is to become mortal, right? Like that's what the alchemists are looking for, the, you know, the elixir of life. Well, in a sense, you do become immortal when you figure out the mystery, right? Like JFK was immortalized. And many famous researchers who have gone too deep, they've also become immortalized in the sense that the conspiracy theorists became the conspiracy. And because they became the conspiracy, they're another white rabbit to chase into the abyss and try and figure out their death, figure out what happened to them. And then you end up exactly where they were. The fool's journey always ends on the altar if you take it too far. What, what do you, you mean like the altar of sacrifice? Yes. Because I think when, I'm, when we're talking about if you want to go to the Orphic Mystery Hero's Journey sort of aspect, if I'm the conspiracy theorist and I go searching in the dark, which is actually a, an interesting metaphor because I've heard that almost identical phrase. A lot of people who in my personal life, I, I tell them about this stuff and I always get this reaction of like, how do you do that all day? Like, how do you how's that? You're always looking at this dark stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't feel dark to me. Just just seems like but i watch a lot of horror movies and crap so i'm desensitized but mm-hmm. um <laughs> I, a lot of people view it as a really dark realm and i get it right like there are some dark aspects but in the hero's journey the the conspiracy theorist slash hero would go into the abyss face the darkness and come back with the boons and that's you know the conspiracy theorist we say hey we found these symbols or whatever and then we come back to the real world and tell tell everyone hey uh, I've got this knowledge to bestow upon you. And in the hero's journey, it creates a, a new world. And it, it, it does. does seem like maybe maybe this could be all part of the plan. Well, that's the point of initiation is to change your perception of the world. Once you're initiated, the world no longer is the, it's not the same place anymore. It is the Truman Show. It's the Matrix. It's Westworld, right? Like you become open to their language. You speak their language now. And now you're living in Wonderland the synchronistic you know labyrinth chapel perilous fascinating uh, man you're always bringing some kind of interesting philosophy into this you're always making me think dude um i i, I do want to I, I do know you got to get going so um man there's a lot to think about I'm, I'm gonna have to kick this around on the weekend in my brain what you're saying here uh <laughs> is there is there any i know the audience last time i had you on a lot of people were like man where can i find nick you know uh where, where's the best place they can make contact with you and where I know you're working on a new book. Can you get us an update on the book or where people can maybe pre-order it? Yeah, so I am going to update my Ko-Fi link today before this is out. Um, I'll have a pre-order link on there, and that's in the bio 
of my Twitter and Instagram, which are both N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N. Okay. So Nick Hinton with two N's on Instagram and Twitter. I will put this stuff in the show notes. And then you said a Ko-Fi link. I'm too stupid. What's Ko-Fi mean? Uh, Ko-Fi is just like a website that automates uh selling stuff for you i guess i was doing it through dms before but it's just become kind of too difficult to do yeah i couldn't imagine that all right (laughs) well okay i'll I'll get links from you and uh, i'll post your socials on the show notes so everyone can find you and uh check out your uh you know all your work man you've done a lot of good stuff you've written i got i got all your books so far so keep keep it coming man yeah thank you man i appreciate it thanks for joining us appreciate it with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, there you go. And again, links are going to be in the show notes for all of Nick's stuff. Check him out. Support him. Now back to me. Back to me. All right. Let's stick. On, let's go back to the rational world. Now that I'm not saying like all this occult talk is irrational. I'm just saying uh, mundane. There you go. That's a better term. Let's come back to the mundane world. If you go to thelever.com, which is a website for train nerds, they have this article about how Norfolk Southern, the, the train company that got derailed, basically was part of a train lobbyist group. And they worked with Republicans to fight against the federal safety mandating of brake safety system that President Obama was trying to implement way back when. And the claim, of course, these industrial lobbyists always say is, well, you know, the big bad government, if you mandate these safety systems, who's going to pay for it? It's going to be so expensive. And that's Big Brother telling me what to do, and that's bad for business. Well, the claim being made, and this isn't by me, this is by train nerds, is that if those safety systems, the braking systems, that they wanted to mandate would have went through, this incident wouldn't have happened. That's the claim. Because over 10 years ago, there was actually a trend of derailments. And they were hauling toxic chemicals back then, too. In fact, this exact crash happened in New Jersey in 2012. Look it up. Near uh, Minuta Creek, near Philly. So, the, the lobbyists fight to uh, water down this requirement back in 2014 and then Trump gets in and they abolish it completely all right I'm going to read you from levernews.com then came 2017 after rail industry donors delivered more than six million dollars to GOP campaigns the Trump administration backed by rail lobbyists and Senate Republicans rescinded part of that rule aimed at making better braking systems widespread on the nation's rails. Specifically, regulators killed provisions requiring rail cars carrying hazardous flammable materials to be equipped with electronic braking systems to stop trains more quickly than conventional air brakes. Norfolk Southern had previously touted the new technology, 
ironic, isn't it? Known as electronically controlled pneumatic ECP brakes for its potential to reduce train stopping distances by as much as 60% over conventional air brakes. But the company's lobby group nonetheless pressed for the rules repeal, telling regulators that it would impose tremendous cost without providing offsetting safety benefits. Now, the, the problem they had with it was they didn't want it federally mandated for all trains. Now, this is my speculation. I think they invented it and they wanted to boast that, hey, we're the best train because we have this brake system. But then if you make everybody have it, then all that research and you know, R&D that went into it is kind of like, well, that's nothing to brag about now, right? So in a way, like, I get it, right? You spend all this money to develop this system, and then the government just says, oh, okay, yeah, everyone should do that. Well, like, financially, they're probably like, well, no. But that's the same argument you could apply to Big Pharma, right? So if they're the ultimate evil, too, then, you know, anyway. We're, well, I'll get on my soapbox here in about one second. Hang on. But the claim they posted on the website was that it cost too much for the company to re- to outfit all the trains with this brake system. They they didn't like that. Meanwhile, and the the article points out that meanwhile, Norfolk was paying millions of dollars to executives and billions on stock buybacks, and all the while laying off thousands of employees. And if you recall, several months ago there was this strike by rail workers because I guess they weren't given enough sick leave or something like that. A whole mess, right? And here's where we get into my political soapbox. Because what's wild to me is that there's several articles online about Republican right-wing outfits blaming the left-wing Democrats, Biden, Buttigieg. <laughs> They're now blaming them for not having pushed for the safety reform because, you know, the Democrats have been in the office the last couple of years and they're like, well, why didn't you, you knew this was a problem. Why didn't you make it happen? When the truth is that Obama and Biden back then were trying to make it happen and these same Republicans were fighting against it. So, you know, probably just more divisive talk. But I've read through several articles uh, like Harvard and Columbia Law Schools reported via uh, New York Times that Trump rolled back over 100 environmental protections while he was in office. And this is no surprise, right? Like, Republicans say this all the time. They say they're going to do it. And he did it. And, you know, the president has the power to install the administrative offices for places and offices like the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. And Trump's guy, Trump's people in the EPA stripped tons of Obama era environmental rules, uh, you know, trying to, with goals like reducing carbon dioxide, protecting wetlands, mercury emissions from power plants, train brake safety requirements, and so on. Right. And Trump's people in the interior department opened up oil and gas leasing by limiting, um, which is probably why g- gas was so cheap. I, I, I guess, I don't know. But the, the Trump's Interior Department opened up oil and gas leasing, and to do that, they limited wildlife protections uh, and environmental requirements. And I was a program manager for several years, so I know exactly what they're talking about. When you have a project, 
you need to conduct these environmental impact studies, right? So if that local area where you're trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head. You want to build a Taco Bell in the middle of the desert. I don't know. There's an environmental impact study that says, well, you know, are there native species there that are endangered and you're going to displace them from their home of animals or, you know, what happens to all your wastewater? Where does that go? Things like that, right? Which, I mean, should happen. But the claim that the right wing and the Republicans will say is that these are these are cumbersome rules to business. Um, and, you know, to be fair, the if you watch Bill Maher, he talked about how in California they have the they, they sort of embody what it looks like when there's too many regulations in red bureaucratic red tape. Uh, according to Bill Maher, because he was saying he's trying to build a solar panel energy generation station in his backyard or something. And it took an obscene amount, 10 years or something nuts uh, to get all these permits and requirements. So, I mean, there's a rational balance to be had here, I, I, I would argue. Uh, but, you know, all these things, you know, trying to protect animals and the environment. Uh, I'm sorry, but those are good things. We should try to do that. I mean, based upon even if you want to base it upon every every villain you've seen in every movie, right? <laughs> um, but the result of letting free market capitalism go unchecked because it's too cumbersome to see what the results of this business are going to be, regardless of whether you believe in it or not, are going to result in uh, more pollution, dirtier air. Which, you know, I live in Utah and this is uh, right wing heaven out here. And we've got some of the dirtiest air on the planet some days. It's a nightmare. Uh, but the government tells tells the commuters like, hey, you should try carpool today. Meanwhile, 80, I don't know, 80, 60 percent of the pollution is done by businesses. By There's a massive oil refinery in Salt Lake just spewing out stuff. They And, and the, the government will not check that. They're like, no, 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 we can't prohibit business but we can tell the taxpayers who live here to limit their production of uh you know them them driving their vehicles or the uh, wood burning stoves and that kind of thing so you know it's just funny to me how people are okay with government overreach when it applies to things that they support right but yeah i mean when you when you strip out any consideration for the environment, you're going to get dirtier air, you're going to get dead animals, endangered species, that kind of thing, more toxic train wrecks. Uh, and it reminds me, I just actually watched Idiocracy again because I'm doing a film analysis for Idiocracy. That'll, I don't know how I'm going to release that. Bonus episode in March, I'm not sure yet. Uh, but you see garbage heaps and cars wrecked everywhere. And I mean, it's arguable that that's where we're headed, right? Uh, you know, look at uh, Flint. Michigan, Flint, Michigan, and now Palestine, Ohio, they're, they can't drink the water. They got to drink bottled water. Like, that's wild. That's wild that we are okay with that kind of behavior. And it's more dangerous. Uh, Trump had apparently allowed this transportation via railroad of this highly explosive liquid natural gas. That was apparently a big to do while he was in. Who knew, right? I didn't follow this. Uh, Biden gets in office and he immediately halts that. 
Well, I mean, apply this derailment thing to this highly explosive liquid nit- natural gas, and I mean, I don't know. But what's what's curious is that the Republican governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, is out here saying, oh, there's no problems at all, fake news, left and right, everything's cool. And then President Biden apparently offered some kind of assistance, but DeWine, Governor DeWine's like, no, man, there's no problems here. Everything's great. This is great. And at the same time, the senator from Ohio, J.D. Vance, was whining about how there's no federal assistance to deal with the wreck. And and that's my beef, right? Republicans are like, hey, we need limited small government. And whenever a Republican president like Trump gets in, they they just gut the shit out of every government bureaucracy and program. Just cut it to nothing. Because they're like, no, we need a small, limited government. And I'm not saying there's not an argument to be had for that. I, I agree, right? On some levels. But then when something like this happens and they're like, give me some federal assistance, it's like, well, then they're, they got their hands out wait, waiting for the socialism. Then it's okay. Then the socialism's okay. And you could apply this argument to many national disasters in, uh, you know, anyway. The irony here is that the county where Palestine in Ohio is in is, when you look it up, it's categorized as a very Republican county. They voted for Trump and all that stuff, right? And now they're filing lawsuits against the railway, Norfolk Southern. And the irony is that the guy that they voted in was arguably responsible for this whole thing and now they want to blame the the railroads when really they could have apparently had some legislation that would have helped them and i don't know this is the type of stuff that just pisses me off because i watch i watch the foods that i put in my body because you constantly have to be up to date on the chemicals they're using and what the definition of the labels are and what's the difference between organic and certified organic and free range and pasture raised. Like you got to constantly stay ahead of these insane old corporations that constantly are trying to manipulate you. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard of how there's countries, there's other countries out there that ban a lot of the chemicals they put in our food in America. And it's insane to me. Like the nonstick PFAS on the pans, right? I specifically go out of my way to cook with non-PFAS and various other chemicals, that they, the nonstick stuff, right? Well, that PFAS, now they're apparently spraying it all over this town in Ohio to suppress the other chemical problems or whatever. So if I lived there, I'd be pretty upset about it. Because, you know, you, you only... You, trying to stay healthy is, is difficult when you live in a toxic environment. Anyway, that's my soapbox. Thank you for listening to my soapbox. And look, I'm not saying like, oh, Joe Biden's great, communism's great. I'm just saying you can't have unchecked free market capitalism and you got to protect the environment. You got to care. You got to care. Like Charles Manson said, like Charles Manson said, the animal, trees, water, and air. You got to. You just have to. And you can't trust corporations to do the right thing. You just can't. And that's what's funny. It's like people say that the free market capitalist Western democracy system here that we have is the greatest thing ever. And there's a there's a good argument for that. You know, I'm not saying communist uh, Soviet Union was great. That looked pretty bad. But you got to have a balance there is all I'm saying. And you just the the free market capitalist system 
Because here's the facts of the matter. Human beings are selfish, and that's why capitalism is actually really good, because it, 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 it best fits our behavior as a species. But you have to check the corporation, because the corporation has no consciousness, right? They call it incorporated, the corporation, to corporeal, to uh, create a, a sort of entity. It's an entity without a conscious. And it requires us, taxpaying citizens, to pay attention and to try to keep these people in check. But that's why the mainstream media is quiet about this. All these conspiracy theorists are going nuts about it. Why are they talking about it? It's because left-wing and right-wing news media, they have their hands in the pockets of these lobbyists and crap. They all get paid. They're all getting paid by big pharma, you know. These lobbyists are a real mess. And that's actually when President Obama ran, I actually liked what he was saying because he was up to lobbyist ass talking about, oh, we're not going to have any lobbyists here. And I was like, good. And then he immediately did not do that. So whatever. So USA Today, (laughs) they published an article on February 9th, six days after the wreck, talking about how these trains get wrecked sometimes. Listen to this. this. If this isn't confusing, I don't know what is. It says... The Association of American Railroads, an industry trade group, noted in an emailed statement to USA Today that 99.9% of all hazmat shipments reach their destination without incident, and that the hazmat accident rate has actually declined 55% since 2012. Hey, that's some pretty good number. 99.9% without incident. Sounds good, right? But then, in the same article, not a sentence later, it says, in the last decade, however, right, hazardous materials have spilled or leaked from trains more than 5,000 times in the United States, according to a USA Today study analysis of federal incident reports. That doesn't sound like 99.9%, or maybe that is. Maybe that's 0.1% of the total, I mean, what's the math on that? I don't even know. Five million train uh, routes a, a year? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's accurate. But that's a lot. 5,000 times. If you do the math on that, that's about 500 <laughs> hazardous materials leaked a year. That's 41 a month. That's about one a day. Right? And one a day would make sense because you'll notice ever since this incident, now there's constant breaking news alert new toxic chemical spill from the train and everyone is like whoa whoa wait a minute what it's because the news is good at focusing the attention on matter like uh for instance in 2020 we had the black lives matter movement right seemed like every day we're getting another video of a cop killing an unarmed black person do you think that went away Probably not. It's probably still happening at the same rate. They just decided to change the narrative on what's going on in the world. And to be fair, maybe there's like not enough time in the day to report all this stuff. Who knows? Uh, Let me keep reading here. It says, however, other forms of transit notched even further, far more spills. For every rail leak reported last year, there were two involving planes and 67 on the highways. So they're saying that the rails are actually kind of the safest transport method because I get it, right? Uh, I know I sh- I'm, I'm talking... There, I'm just saying there's problems with free market capitalism. I'm not saying it's the worst thing ever by any stretch. Uh, same goes for the argument on 
opening when Trump opened up the oil, uh, gas and oil leases. Like, look, I drive a car with gas, so there's blood on my hands too. I get it, right? I'm not like that's the problem with a lot of the modern day liberals. I'm more of a classical '90s liberal or whatever. I was too young to know what politics were back then, but I don't think I'm holier than now, right? I, I do recognize that we have to figure something out, but it, I'm, I'm not the type to just bury my head in the sand and be like, "No, it's totally fine. Let's just let's just let the companies do whatever they want to do." Like I, I don't know what the answer is, um, but I don't know how you're supposed to believe these corporations to do the right thing. Like they always lie. That's my beef. That's my beef with corporate America. That's my beef with this idea of unchecked free market capitalism. I'm a, I like free market capitalism, but I like it checked. That's all I'm saying. So in conclusion, before I get back on my soapbox, in conclusion, two ideas to sum up what's going on here. We've got this mundane, worldly, political angle that's frustrating and it's irritating. And to me, I think this is why you can't go black pill. This is why you have to... At, Stay politically engaged on some level. You know what I mean? I'm not ready to give up on America yet. I'm not ready yet. Even though, I look, I'm the first one to say it. It feels like Coke and Pepsi. They say two wings of the same burden. That's what it feels like sometimes. It's like, man, neither one of these guys are doing us any favors. They're just getting the rich richer and destroying our whole planet in the process and bankrupting the morality of the world while they do it. And there's not a real choice. That's what it feels like a lot of the times. And I'm not ready to give up completely because apathy is what they want. They want you to just, that's why, look, that's why you'll, you'll notice, and I haven't done a formal analysis on this. I don't know, but there's a lot of, if you look at it from the idea of political um, enemies or whatever, you, you got America, and then you got everyone else trying to take down America. The big ones are Russia and China. Right, those are the enemies of of America, and of course, I'm not talking about the people. People are probably cool, right? Like no one cares. Like people in Russia and China probably look up to America, pop culture, whatever. They probably love us, but the governments do not, right? You got these autocratic, fascist dictator types, and they would love nothing more than to infiltrate movements within America. And they see that the conspiracy theorist community are the ones talking bad about the government and talking about how bankrupt the morals of America are, right? I'm part, again, I'm guilty too, right? I do that too. So in a way, they probably love it. That's why RT, the Russia Times, uh, what do you call it? Propaganda news outlet, the state-run media, the state-run media of Russia, like they're peddling conspiracy theories sometimes. And we did the two shows on the Russia dark arts like six months ago. And in the summer of 2020, I interviewed Professor Ben Teitelbaum about traditionalism and how Steve Bannon and Russia were in bed together with this fantasy of this going back to <laughs> going back to this like nonsensical world they believed exists. Uh, but anyway, I think that the, you, you have to be careful, as I'm trying to say. There's these psychopaths out there. They want this fascist theocracy, autocratic, free market sort of cesspool where the elites destroy all of our lives 
in the environment to f- fuel their greed and power. That's one thing, right? Then on the other, you got the spirit triangle, which, you know, thank you, Nick Hinton, for coming on the show and, and sharing your perspective on it. And the question is, are we as conspiracy theorists or truthers somehow assisting in this revelation of the method process? And do the powers that be want that? Are people like Elon Musk telling us, hey, there's a, a simulation theory and we live in a, a simulation? Which is a Gnostic idea. We've talked about this many times. When in reality, the truth is they're trying to create a digital matrix. They're trying to create an actual simulation world. And maybe the revelation of the method of this ancient Gnostic occult idea belief system, they want us to perpetuate that or plant the seed or to make people aware of this so that they can, I don't know, in one way or another, manipulate us into their digital matrix. They can say, look, see, you're already living in a simulation. Come join this one because this one's better. Right? They want to take you from God's creation and into their creation. And that's what Satanism is all about, the worship of the self. The, the Luciferianism is about the worship of the intellect, the wisdom of man. And this is the age-old story, like the Tower of Babel, right? Man trying to reach the height of God through focus of the self, the will of the self. Do what thou wilt, what Alistair Crowley said. So there you go. <laughs> we went all over the place with this one today. But uh, some different perspectives on this, this train derailment. And again, thanks to Nick Hinton for joining us again. I've got links to his stuff in the show notes. Follow him on the social medias. Pre-order his book. I already did. I already pre-ordered mine. And, uh, you know, be sure to, I don't know. Look, I, I already know that a lot of people listening probably don't share similar political views, and that's okay. It's fine. Like, we don't have to agree on that. That's, that's the beauty of this country. That's the beauty of it. We disagree. And we do it in a peaceful manner. And we respect each other. That's the way it's supposed to be. It seems like in the last 10 years, things have gone off the rails the other way. But, uh, you know, let's try to keep love in our hearts for one another. I'm just saying, like, let's just try to protect the environment. That's all I'm trying to say. Protect the animals. Protect the environment. Try not to let this kind of stuff happen as much as we can. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay woke. Hey everybody, it's your host Isaac, and I'd like to quickly remind you that not only am I this great podcast host, but I also have written several books. Yes, as of this recording, I've got nine books under my belt where I talk about all kinds of stuff. I've got many different options for you to go deep into some of these topics we talk about with the occult and the Illuminati and all these crazy subjects. I've got a book called Sacrifice Magic Behind the Mic where we talk about conspiracies in the hip-hop community. I've got a book called The Star Wars Conspiracy where, you know, (laughs) obviously you know what we talk about in that. I've got two alien books called Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, where we provide a different approach and perspective to the alien phenomenon and how it's connected to the occult practices. Now, a lot of people, they ask me, Isaac, which book should I start with? Because you've got so many great books. And what I always recommend is The Dark Path. That is my my magnum opus. It's my best understanding of the entire agenda and how it fits into the entertainment industry, 
spirituality, transhumanism, why they're taking us down the path that we've been before. The ancient religion is the religion of the future. And you can check out The Dark Path on Amazon. I've written the book where you can get it on Kindle. You can get the paperback there. I've also read the entire book, as well as all my other books, on Audible, where you can listen to the, the narrated version of the book. Or you can get a signed copy on gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. That's where I sell all my great t-shirts and I've got a coffee mug on there and all kinds of stuff. But every book I've written is on there too. And you can check that out. Link is in the show notes. You, or you can go to allmylinks.com slash Isaac W. It's just another great way to support the show and you can learn a lot in the process. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.